Elliot. That's <laughs> too early, Danny. It's too early. Just because it's part two. Wait, I don't even know if we do the music in the part two. We do the music in the part two. Then why'd you jump ahead? Because you always say my name first. So I want to say your name first this time. You're feeling frisky. I am actually. Like Mrs. Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs> no one just said joke with you and me. Nobody remembers Mrs. Cunningham was frisky? On Happy Days? Mm-hmm. Nah, man. Nobody remembers that but you and me. What was Mrs. Cunningham's first name? Do you remember? Go yeah, Sam. go Sam. Yeah. There we go. All right. I was thinking Muriel. What was the what was the, the husband's husband's name? Mr. Cunningham. Oh, I'll never remember. Howard. Howard. Howie Cunningham. Howard Cunningham. Exactly. Howie. Yes. And then Arthur Fonzarelli. And then what was the son's name? Ron Rich, Howard. Richie, Richie Cunningham. I remember they had the older son that they got rid of in the early things. Never. And he didn't test well. He was hurt. He had an older brother. Yeah, he tried to do that the early years. Fonzie like became those. the older brother. Fonzie became the older brother, yep. Yeah. The wise one. That's when Fonzie was wearing like the blue jacket, not just the Jennifer, leather. Are there any TV shows on that you like now? No. What TV shows do I really watch? Even wrestling now. I tape wrestling. I tape part of the interruption. I watch that every once in a while. That's probably ESPN shows are probably my favorite, NBA. Oh, you love part of the interruption. Yeah, that's my stuff. You live for that. <laughs> that's what I want to bring. I, I want to bring. I was fascinated by it at first. But now I'm kind of over it. But what kind of sports? You now that you're speaking of sports, we just want to talk about sports. What TV sports stuff do you like watching? Because you're heavy into sports now. Well, you like inside the NBA. You're inside the NBA. What's head, inside right? the NBA again? That's Charles Barkley with uh, Kenny Smith. And Are you talking about TNT? My man, yeah, oh, Ernie Johnson. That. I live yeah. for that. It's no doubt about that. But that's not really like a show, is it? That's like it's a show around the game. I thought or something. It's a show like, around the game, but they yeah. still have their own show. It's a brand. Um, it's inside yeah, no. the NBA, it's I like a brand. That. I do. I like that a lot. Yeah, you're more into that than ESPN. You're into TNT. No, ESPN. I like documentaries more. Like when you bought, remember that one where, when we were first married, you bought me all those basketball documentaries? Please, Sam's eating almond cake, please. A pistachio cake, please. Keep it down. <laughs> it Keep it down. <laughs> Is the pistachio cake working you out? Sam's, Sam's got. <laughs> it's not too sweet, right? What That's you say, what it's Sam? good. You said you're what? <laughs> no, it's delicious. I don't know why I can't it's have really another good. piece. Shout out to Brooklyn Larder and, uh, that's in, our new favorite uh, place. Prospect, yeah, That's I'm, like on Flatbush and Burger. No longer Gorilla Coffee, babe. What's going on with Gorilla Coffee, yeah, babe? I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> Lord knows I better not say so on the radio because they're uh, they're anxious to sue people about uh, saying yeah, anything about their spot. But it's it's not the same. It fell off. Gorilla Coffee is not the same for all those in Brooklyn that know it's it's not the same. So what's your spot, Brooklyn? What do you call it? Brooklyn Lauder? Brooklyn Lauder, but Brooklyn Lauder doesn't have coffee. It's just more like. Um, meats and cheeses and and like kind of fancy groceries. They love them in that place, Sam. Seriously. Oh yeah, man. Those are my people. Like, so what's in going there. on for the holidays? <laughs> <laughs> I love Brooklyn Lardis, so that's where I got the pistachio cake and the almond cake from. But um, no, you what were those? All those documentaries you got me, like when we lived over in the Lower East Side, you got me all of them. Just like NBA film type stuff, you know, like uh, like it? the best comebacks of all time in basketball yeah, are the you best. you like all that kind of stuff. I like that kind of Greatest three-point plays. Greatest three-point plays, all oh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's the same. When they catch that NBA channel, she got excited. What they have the other day? Yeah, unscripted, all this Unscripted, kind of stuff. and I don't even like, like, what's his name? Grant Hill. Grant Hill. I saw that. You saw yeah, that? Yeah. I wasn't really, he, that didn't make his personality <laughs> seem jamming to me. Did you see what his daughter said? They were like, "Who's your? What's your favorite team?" Oh, his daughter clowned And she was like, "The San Antonio Spurs." And then they said, "Why is that your favorite team?" She said, "Because my daddy's not on it." I was like, "That's what I want for my dollar child." Um, but no, you don't really watch anything. You're a big Celtic fan, though, babe. So I want to let you. I want to get your thoughts on this. 
The Orlando Magic has capped a blockbuster day of willing and dealing by trading one franchise cornerstone for another, sending Rashard Lewis to the Washington Wizards what? for Gilbert Arenas. What? Sources told ESPN. The trade followed news of a deal that sent Vince Carter to the Phoenix Suns and a multiplayer deal that returns Hito Turkoglu to the Magic. Magic loses the five of the last six games. Also get Jason Richardson what? to their team for Carter and, and uh, Petrius. And First of all, anybody... So now that means the Magic have Gilbert Arenas... I'm clear. Hito, Hito Turkoglu. Whoever that is. And Jason Richardson to yes. join Dwight Howard. First of all, just to start out. They don't out, like the heat. Out, they want to battle. You know what I'm saying? To, to start out, anybody uh, that gets in Carter is on the losing end of a deal. <laughs> that's, the, that's the first thing. That's the He's very got a beard now. Thing. He's got a beard. <laughs> he needs more than that. He needs determination to win a championship, which it doesn't Ooh. seem like. My man really has. And anybody, I think Jason Richardson is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Really? Yeah, you do like Jay Richardson. I love him, like I love him from the beginning. I love him when he was on the Warriors playing with Barron. That's when they were doing just magnificently. Jason is like, you know, I hate when people say this on TV. So many of the things that sports announcers say are so cliche. So cliche. Um, people say, such and such is so athletic. Because on a certain <laughs> level, you just feel like, wasn't everybody in the NBA <laughs> athletic? <laughs> But something about that word to me extra applies to Richardson. To Richardson. He's 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 just real athletic. He's um, But does he he climb the Carter? Does he have that competitive fire? Like I don't know if he's shown that himself. Yeah, but Jason Richardson doesn't have to have the um he doesn't have to have the uh the pressure of being like the star in that way that Vince does. Yeah. Jason Richardson he's a, he's a, he's a working man, he's like a blue collar superstar. Uh, Jason Richardson is, and and if I may say so, uh, a, a beautiful young man to look at. No disrespect to my beautiful husband. <laughs> Word, <laughs> man, like that. Don't be impartial. Did you like the brother's looks? He's. I mean, this card is not doing it for you, man. He's really not. How about he's not? You um, with his new beard? Not doing it. How about he wasn't in any stage of his career at any time? Uh, even when he was the <laughs> slam dunk champion and all that. You know, for me, it's not just. It's not just. How well swag. you play, swag. and it's also something about. This sounds corny. It's something about just uh, honor for the league that I respect. No, I believe in that. I'm and kidding. and I don't know if Jason has that, but he seems like he does. He comes in, he plays hard, and he does the things that he's supposed to do, and doesn't make it seem like it's all special that he does them. Mm-hmm. He does them because he plays in the National Basketball Association. And so I, I think that Jason going to Orlando is a great thing. I think that, and who else went over there? Gilbert. I think that Gilbert is a, is is has the potential to be an amazing player. I think he's a straight fool on so many counts. <laughs> that, you know what I'm saying? Like team? he's just like uh, is he bringing his pistol yes, to Orlando. So I'm saying he's, I'm bringing my pistol to Orlando. He's just really Taking a fool. Taking my pistol and my. But I do think that before the injury. Uh huh. That, oh, he's an all-star career. Yeah, yeah that he has. Yeah. yeah, that he just really uh, he has the potential. If he goes to a, a a good team where he can kind of leave some of the, the the tragedies and foolery behind, yeah. and get on a team with some happened, with some good leadership. Because yeah. this is the other thing: when you're at Washington Wizards, God bless them, and God bless John Wall. I think he's dope. But whoever you are, if you have half of a name, you like carrying the whole franchise on your back. You know what I mean? That's what Gilbert was doing before John Wall got John there. Wall's gonna have to do That's what John Wall's going to have to do now. So, but I'm saying if he goes to Orlando, then, and he could put, you know, as the cliche is again, is to put your ego to the side. If he could put his ego to the side, which maybe his whole problems with the law and everything will allow him to do, 
and just be on a, a part of a real team with Dwight Howard, who 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 I struggle with sometimes, honestly. Dwight, yeah, can they can he earn his respect as as the best player as a leader on the team? Could he keep Gilbert in check? Or Stan Van Gundy? Is I mean, that a to concern? me, all Dwight Howard has to do to remind to keep Gilbert in check is stand next to him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to stand next to Dwight Howard. Like, Dwight Howard, and I mean, he's just... Monster. I mean, he's a, a certain type of specimen of human being. Like, he's no, just... easy now. You're getting excited again? I'm just taking deep breaths as I speak, <laughs> but I'm just saying, I, I'm not even on Dwight Howard like that so much as a player. I just feel like, first I thought he was real... Like boys to men, real R and B. However, I thought he was just real R and B. Yeah, just really. I couldn't really. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't. It was real boys to men. But then I guess it was in the playoffs last year when he played so ugly against the Celtics <laughs> and still got beat. I might add. But um, but there was all that elbowing and like intentional flagrant fouling and just meanness and just ugliness that I was like, oh, dude's out here thugging it out. So maybe he's not as R&B as I think he is. But still, I don't I don't really buy into the Orlando Magic, but with Gil, so I guess Gilbert and Jason would be the quote-unquote backcourt, as they call it. Well, they also got their guy, Jimmy and Nelson, but yeah, they would play some minutes there. Yeah, yeah. Nelson's Nelson. So they got <laughs> they got Jason and they got Gilbert. Yeah, and Hito Turk. I guess I'm saying his name right, Hito And Turk- who is that? I, I'm not familiar with this he person. Said he was played many years with uh, Sacramento. Earlier with Sacramento, part of their team to challenge the Lakers. He's kind of been a journeyman. But he's known to be a great three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, like Eddie House type of person. He's a big, he's a big man. He's a big man, he's a big but man. But he also has an outside game, so he's a good team player, right situation. A little bit of a head case. He reminds me of uh, Lamar Odom in terms of yeah, height and also style. Lamar Odom style. Reminded yeah. me of Lamar Odom doesn't really say good things about no, but a good fit. They have players that sort of fit their slots, though. If you look it at does. it, with you know. You look at Gilbert is the one, Jason is the two, Hedo is the three or four. I'll tell you something. Dwight when Jason is, is on. It's an amazing thing to see. He did it to Warriors. He did it to a lesser degree of Phoenix. And I just, I, I think it's a good trade. I think Phoenix gets nothing in this deal. Are you concerned as a Boston Celtics? I don't, I don't get concerned about the Celtics. But Atlanta, you know, they hate the heat. So I feel like they're, they're, they're stocking up because so they then, can't stand the then, heat. Then they can work all that out together. I, so hope, it doesn't be- I hope they play each other. In, <laughs> would they have to play each other in the playoffs? This is where I always get mixed up. Depends on the matchups, yeah. Yeah, so I hope they have to play each other in the match and, and knock themselves out. But I don't, I don't, I don't worry about the Celtics. The only thing I worry about the Celtics is, as my man, have I told everybody the story about the leprechaun at the game the other night? No, you haven't told anybody this thing. Is it's it a leprechaun story? It's a leprechaun story to me. It's the Celtics. Well, people did see us on. They saw us on TV at ESPN. I was chomping my popcorn. They, they caught us out there behind okay. the bench. Okay, but, so first of all, first of all, but let's get to the most important all, story. Let me just, your let me, story. Let me just breathe deeply and say that really, I appreciate <laughs> Elliot because Elliot knows I'm a Celtics fan. So he he will make a way for me to get to a Celtics game and to have fantastic seats. <laughs> No, I just so I mean, save some bottle cans. No, I'm just saying that I you'll figure it out. Money. No, I'm just saying like yeah. we'll go to Boston for a game. Yeah. If we're in LA for the holidays, we'll go see Boston against the Clippers. Like he'll always like get tickets to a, a Boston game for me. So we went to the Boston, uh, Boston, Boston versus the Knicks. And so we had good seats right behind whatever the basket. We were in row E, and they wouldn't serve the. You couldn't order food this in row E. That, this, these are small because the cutoff is row D. I don't I'm have usually in row D. This is row E, so they wouldn't give me no food. I don't have the type of issues. So by the time I got I'm some popcorn, I'm happy to be. At the popcorn, game. I'm happy to be. At the I was game. hungry. 
They won't let you order food. Right. For, you know what I'm saying? Right, okay, so Ellie didn't get us into the magical area where you can order the food. Menu the menu was game. in front of me. I thought I could order me we a nice little one roll out. Somehow, Sam, <laughs> and we survived. Okay, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. so in any case, so so somehow, number one, we're there, and for some reason, we're just sitting around Celtics fans, right. which for me was great because it's also hard for me because I do love the Knicks. I just am a Celtic fan. But, okay, so all these Celtics fans are around us, and we're having a great time, and you guys saw it was, it was a great game. Very good game. Incredible. Very good game. An amazing game. Was this good on TV? Because it was, like, incredible. The, the, the garden was rocking. in the garden was like, the garden was rocking. oh, MG. Okay, but wait. Let's say focus. So there was that play where Paul Pierce went down. Okay. He was fouled. He was fouled. But they didn't call it. And as usual, Paul, he's a little bit of a drama queen. So, you know, Paul's <laughs> on the ground just acting like his whole face has been ripped off. And is he going to stand back up? And there's, he's always trying to have a Willis Reed moment. All of a sudden, yeah. So. He does. Yeah, he always. It's always dramatic for Paul. Pass on one leg. But, but previous to that play, there had been another play where one of the Knicks had gotten fouled. And they showed it on the Jumbotron. So when Paul got fouled, I'm, I'm, I stood up so I could see better. And so and I was just screaming at the top of my life. I was hoarse after the game. It was ridiculous. You really was hoarse. I was hoarse. Funny. So really I was screaming really loud, all pointing at the Jumbotron. Show that on the Jumbotron. I don't see why you're not showing that on the Jumbotron. Blah, 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 right? So this guy in front of me, nice looking white guy or whatever, medium height in a suit, like he came straight from a business meeting to the game. He turns around and says to me in a nice way, he says, yeah, well, you wouldn't see that on the Jumbotron unless you were in Boston. And so, I, and, I, and I said to him, exactly, exactly. So he put out his fist to give me the fist pump. I promise you, he on a Celtics championship ring. What? What? He had on a Celtics championship ring. I have fist bumped with the Celtics championship ring. He I, must have worked in an organization or yeah, something like that, yeah. Oh, he had to have. Yeah, he just probably yeah. he probably works for the Celtics at some high level yeah, or whatever. He had great seats, though. Yes, he had yeah. great seats. He was in Road D where you could get a chicken avocado wrap <laughs> and have the popcorn. <laughs> I know, my man next to us is a talk to the guy in front. Okay, so then me being me, I said Oh, she okay, got so open. Can I, got, I tell him this part? This is how she got so open, Sam. She got so excited to read. So all of a sudden, and now it's like he has the magic ring. So Daniel turned into a little girl and she asked him so gently. So are the Celtics going to win it all this year? I did not say it like that. Can we win? I did not say it like that, first like, of all. if we stay injury free, we can win. <laughs> I did, he didn't are say it sure? like that. Like, I did not say it I, like I that. I like, is, is this the man I should be married with? Because in that moment, whatever he said was the law. Like, that was <laughs> the magic. Whatever he said. I was exaggerating the story. I did not say it so harbish like that. What did you say? <laughs> I said, do you think the Celtics are going to win it this year? I said it in my normal voice. No, you said it really angelic. I did not like, say it angelic. Oh, wise man with the master championship ring. Whatever he says is the law. Whatever he says will go into pass. He said if we stay injury-free. Like, that's some kind of genius statement. But still, and you was hoping that you had some her follow-up question also, Sam. No, know my follow-up question was so stupid. Now I think about it. <laughs> Well, do you think we will stay? And what was this matter? I think we will, but I'm worried about Rondo. Right. Well, that's how they were talking. Like she was at a mystic meeting. Like you know. I, I just I felt like do. I was speaking to a and real. Then we have the to Boston win. Celtics so have as so. their have as their mascot. <laughs> their mascot is a little leprechaun, is it not? I think it's 
it's a leprechaun. What is it? What is it? Is it a Celt? It, meaning, like, you know, like, it's like the same logo as the Fighting Irish for Notre Dame. Okay, so it's not a leprechaun, it's a Celt. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be regular height. Oh, you know this guy saying? was regular height. He was like 5'10". No, no, I'm saying the, the leprechaun on the, the... I don't think it's a leprechaun. I think uh -huh. it's like the Lucky Charms guy. Oh. Leprechaun. Or maybe he is. I have no idea. <laughs> is this a racial thing, Sam? Is it? No, it used to be a racial thing. Was it? Yeah, because the Irish were seen as belligerent. So it meant, actually, there was a time when Notre Dame was going to change its name from the Fighting Irish mm -hmm. because that was like that. saying the Fighting Black People. Uh, it's it's I mean it's, it's just <laughs> as it's, it's just as offensive as the Red Skins, obviously, yeah. and parades and things like that. But I think technically, but wasn't Notre Dame founded by Irish Catholics? Sure. Okay. Um, but but I, still, I technically, they're not called the Fighting Irish. They might be just the Irish. Really? It, there's been controversy about this. Well, I don't really want to disrespect anybody, but I did feel this guy was very <laughs> wise. He was just magic in some way. Whatever he said was law. I'm so glad he didn't say nothing bad he about me. He had the championship the ring man on. man you are standing next to. That's, okay, I've been around That's a lot weird. of... Why, why would you wear the ring? Do people wear it around? Like, Every once in a while, I guess they break it out because it, it was, I mean, it was the ring. I've seen pictures of the, of the ring from the year they won it recently, and was it was flossing. that ring. He was flossing. There's no question. I mean, it was diamonds was and emeralds. It was for real. If somebody would have jumped in that night, they would have came up. There's no doubt. It was beautiful. He's like, I'm the man with the ring. That he is knew. me. He was, he just, I was such a big Celtics fan. I know he was tired of me yelling in his ear. But in any case, no, I'm not, no, I'm not worried about it. I'm just like the guy that we met at the, at the Knicks Celtics game. Okay. You wasn't I, too happy at that Knicks game the way your Celtics were playing though. Let's call it. I wasn't it happy. Now. I don't have to be happy every game. I stay I with who I stay good. with. Huh? It was such a good game. It was a great game. Yeah. I didn't like the way they won, though. I told Elliot on the way out. She Elliot couldn't understand. She wouldn't even look away with the Amara shot. She kind of knew something was going to happen. I said, it's about to be look. funny style. I said, it's about yeah. to be funny style. And then I just I told Elliot, as soon as they said, okay, no, the Celtics won, I said, I don't like, I don't like to win this way. Yeah. Elliot knows, number one, I like to win by 20. Every game. <laughs> he paid for the I don't care. I don't care. First, well, she, three, no, she don't want first the officiating good for me. Right. I don't want to win. And they want to pierce the yeah. shot without him. I hate games yeah. at the end where this is like foul. Okay, now we're gonna foul you. Okay, now we're gonna foul me. Right. Yeah. I hate those kind of games. She wanted Pierce to hit the shot, who she doesn't even like, but not to do all the theatrics. Oh, and that should have been the he thing. Wild. He wilded it out. So if Pierce just hits that shot and doesn't go crazy, that's a great win. He hits the shot. He doesn't go too crazy. Stoudemire doesn't hit a shot at the end. That's right. a nice victory. Right. Danny wants have, it a certain to way. To have to look back at, what do you call it when you replay, do the replay and all, and all that? I just feel like, I just like a clean win. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't that impressed with that Boston win, frankly. I wasn't. I wasn't. And you know, that's my team, but. Um, but are you concerned with the heat now emerging and now it looks like the Magic have put together a better squad? Like, you know. Nah. I, mean, I mean, the Knicks, the Knicks we're just, it's a lower threshold. We're just hoping we make the playoffs. <laughs> We're excited. We have a team that's competitive. We make the playoffs eight, seven, six, five, whatever seed we get, we'll take it. Love it's it. It's a tough group that they're in. Yeah. It's a tough group that they're in. But as we did, as we saw last year, even though it was a crushing blow to lose, you know, in the last minutes of the seventh game of the championship series, as it was for the Boston Celtics. <laughs> um, you getting out of that East, baby? What do you say? You get out of that East? I'm just saying it doesn't. It doesn't matter what seed that Boston comes in. No, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying about the seed. I'm just saying are you concerned about facing the heat or no. the magic of the playoffs? Not in regular season, not in playoffs, no. no. So you feel confident you're going into the finals? 
I have no doubt that they're going to the finals and winning the final. Short of injury. I'm calling it like I called it last year. I was wrong last year. I was wrong by two minutes. I was wrong by two minutes. And it's the worst two minutes to be wrong about. It's the last two minutes. Of the, as I said, the seventh game of the championship series. <laughs> you feel like they don't get enough credit for that? Is that why you keep saying the seventh game? They don't get enough credit, series? period. Period, Boston doesn't. Yeah. Period, end of story. And what's funny about me is I've never been a fan of any team in any sport ever in my life, really. I liked the Knicks a little bit when we first started going to games, um, but I've always been a Kevin Garnett fan uh, from when he first came into the league when he was 19 years old. And the real reason is because I was working at Vibe when he came into the league. Then I remember, I believe it was Jonathan Mannion, shout out, that shot Kevin Garnett for the oh, magazine. Man, he shot that? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. And shoot. I just loved that a straight out of photo. high school, right? When he first exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That was a great shoot. Shout I love that Manny. photo. And I had that photo, like, you know how you could copy something to make it bigger on this ice machine? So I had that in my office for a long time. And I wasn't even into him as a player. I wasn't even into basketball. I just liked the attitude on his face. It was real hip-hop. He had on a backwards visor upside down. I thought that was, <laughs> well, it was the times. But I thought that <laughs> it, was, it was, that's what we thought was, look for me that's now, what man. we thought was hot back then. Um, and, and, and I just always thought he was dope. So I kind of followed him just, you know, every once in a while, knowing where he was and then seeing his struggles at Minnesota and this, that, and the other. And, and then it was a weird thing. I was up for some job, actually, in radio, as a matter of fact. Remember, in Minnesota. Wow. At the, uh, yeah, just yeah. maybe, what, three or four years ago, right before Kevin left, right? And I remember being in a cab from the, from the, from the airport to the hotel, and the guy just started talking to me about Kevin Garnett. And it's a white guy, uh, nice guy. This is in Minnesota, right? This is Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis. And the way he talked about Kevin Garnett, you would want any fan of any team to talk about anybody in the NBA. He just loved him. He just loved him and, not, and talked about how, he. I guess he, he was saying how Kevin married a girl from Minnesota. And <laughs> I didn't know that either. He keeps personal life. Uh, he does keep quiet. it pretty close. And he just talked about just what a great uh, spirit he had. And yeah, he knew people that had driven Kevin around the city and all this and the other. So that, you know, that's the kind of thing, frankly, I like to hear about people. Okay. And then what then got me back into Kevin was that infamous interview. What was that interview with my um, man? Yeah. What interview was that? Bill Russell, he did it? Or was it Bill guess? Russell? No, it was the other one that looks like a John do- Thompson? John Thompson. The other one that looks like Colin, uh, he looks like Colin Powell, <laughs> but more chocolate. Um, <laughs> exactly. And, um, and Kevin, man, the emotion, it was so different than, frankly, the LeBron interview um, about going to Miami. <laughs> oh, God. Don't call him that interview. That was a decision. That was a decision. That was a spectacle. Anybody, I don't even know if you could YouTube that. John Thompson, Kevin Garnett, Kevin Cries interview. <laughs> yes. Let me try. Um, but I just caught that randomly. And I was like, damn, he's, he hadn't made a decision at that point to go to Boston. I don't even think it was a topic of conversation. It was just like, is he going to leave Minnesota after all these years? And it was just talking about him and him wanting to, to be a winner, to be a champion. And then Dan was sold. I was sold from right then. And then as soon as he got to Boston, I was just like, I'm a Boston fan. That's it. That's it. I'm done. And they won that year. I think I found it. He's doing what? Just the background? No, everybody has their own kind of 
Let me see. This is it. Let me bring it back. You know numbers. It's my heart, and you can't measure that. What's driving you? You play hard. You and always I'm play hard. And I'm losing. You hear what he's saying? I'm losing. Losing. I'm losing. This. Put his finger up. He put his finger up. He needs a minute. I had a cry. Time out. Finger. Yeah, look it up on YouTube. KG interview. It's the headline. Yeah, he's like this. He's going like this. Is this the biggest challenge? Ah oh, man, it's, it's an incredible interview to watch. Yeah. I mean, you faced a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. It was right before you left, right? Yeah. 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 yeah you so YouTube, it's KG, just KG so many people ask me, Daniel, why are you a Boston fan? And um. That's so what you already like on it, and then once you saw that, that really actually yep, solidified. Yeah, like, but I didn't even really necessarily like him as a basketball right. player. I just liked his whole attitude. His attitude, frankly, was just real hip hop in that Mannion shot with the how visor. Crazy is we saw him before the game. He doesn't. He doesn't look at anything in the crowd. He doesn't. He's the most like locked in. So like, focused. Said, huh? Like he's looking at the label, the layup line. Like he's look, like he won't look in the crowd. Like he's just in his own wisdom. And then he does that thing where he bangs his head against the back of the. Right. Uh, the, the he's clearly the phone. Right? Yeah, the phone right. behind and the And slightly basket. out of his mind. His rituals are just like he just zones into the whole thing. It's just crazy. It's very classic athlete. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. What do they call it? The thousand yard stare? That's what he's king of. <laughs> that's what Kevin's king of. He's not looking at anything but inside of his own mind. That's all he's doing. So that's why I'm a fan. And then, you know, I just started liking Rondo a lot. And it's a fan. Nate was already on the Knicks. I already liked Nate on the Knicks. It was crazy. He is hard not to like. Nah, so, Nate, Nate was living the game of his life because he was back in New York and Rondo was hurt. Right. He was taking over. Yeah, a little fresh Gumby that he, that he got for the game. Crazy. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was indeed. I, I put money that his barber was still in New York. Oh, yeah, I bet. I, would think. I bet. Happy he back home. I think I have some more questions though, babe. Yeah, I told people his questions in the part one. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to kill it with my selfish love, babe. I, I just wanted to clarify, babe. Everybody but do, call, do you but they blew a... us up that we was at the game. I didn't even know. I thought we was on the humble. How are we gonna be on the humble when we're in the fourth row underneath the it was basket? The, wasn't close enough because I couldn't get no chicken avocado wrap. <laughs> yeah, I get mad salty about the popcorn. That's why I, I had to the popcorn. I'm starving. Starving you know, up here. He's what you call it? Because per, you, you're stuck in between. Like you got to walk all the way up to get food. They're not serving you food down it. You're like stuck in no man's land. Like you have a great seat, but then you're like treated like a stepchild. They're talking to you crazy. Like no, can't serve on this this one. Can't serve your line right here. Can't serve there. Like why are you talking to me crazy, my man? Like like. I think the tickets are like the same price too. It's like like whatever the difference is. Yeah, it's like you're real persnickety. Why are you talking to me crazy? You're very well, my man rude to me. Like well, we can't serve here. Can't buy a bottle of water. Like, yo, I got to get up and go all the way up to the fucking thing, come back around. Okay, so here we have a question from um, Don't Hate, Be Hated, a.k.a. Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. How Even though, Jimmy, son? you could just call Elliot or me or ass. <laughs> but okay, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy says... Fixed. He's saying the fight is fixed. Yes. Right. Jimmy says, what is the story you have done that you feel has had the biggest impact on your career, whether oh, positive geez. or negative? And this question Ooh, is for both of you. That's a good question. What's the question? L.A. Queen. <laughs> the biggest story I've done? Oh, no. Listen to the question. Okay, okay. I want you to take a deep breath and listen to the question. Right. What is the story you have done that you feel has had the biggest impact on your career, whether positive or negative? Both of you. The story I've 
that we personally have written or edited. That's Elliot, I'm going to read the story. Do you, do you want no, me to no, no. Again? But I mean, when I think of stories, I think of... I think what of is the story you have done is the word done. That we wrote. That I would, I would assume wrote. that means wrote. Yes, Ben. That had the biggest impact, impact on your career. I know what mine is. What's yours? The big, the story that, that that had the biggest impact on my career is without a question, a cover story that I did on a gentleman from R. Oakland. Kelly? Can no. I answer my own I question? It was R. Kelly. I was getting excited. No, uh, it's yes, it's MC Ant from Oakland, California. I had been riding around Oakland uh, for the East Bay Express doing. Who else? MC Ant again? Let me look at the one. Um, I had been riding around Oakland for the East Bay Express, uh, reviewing mostly, reviewing shows. And then for the for, for papers in the East Bay, which if you're from the Bay Area, that means Oakland and Berkeley and Richmond and et cetera, et cetera. But I started interning at the San Francisco Bay Guardian and I told them I wanted to do a story. This is so bizarre. That's um, right. Raw Dog Records? Not Aunt Banks. This Not is Aunt MC Banks. Aunt. MC yeah. Aunt. It's wow. a different person. Yo, this, yo his, his cassette, Sam, is on eBay for $449. dollars MC Ant. It's called The Great, the name of the album. MC Ant's a great MC. And it's on Raw Dog Records. I have no idea what this is. He's, oh, an, he's a very he's a very good rapper. Wow. Very good this MC. isn't Ant Banks, though. It's MC Ant. Yes, MC Ant. Wow. And, so, and so I pitched to the Bay Guardian to do a story about, quote, unquote, Bay Area rap. Bay Area rap. <laughs> like that's not three encyclopedias. But um and so they, they gave me inside the paper story, you know, eight hundred words. And I was gonna do a story and interview like uh maybe three rappers from the Bay Area and and that was gonna be my big story and I was so psyched I think I was gonna make like hundred and twenty dollars. And what happened was I turned in my story, of course, really long. Um, and what ended up happening is they said, well, if you do A, B, and C, then we can turn this into a cover story. So what happened was I did more interviews. Um, they, they, they photographed MC Ant um, for the cover. And so I had 2,500 words just on him. And, and, and barrier rap and what it represented. Mm -hmm. But then I had how many sidebars to that piece that I wrote <laughs> all of them? They did love sidebars, Sam. That's what you Okay, so I wrote, I wrote uh, the sidebars on uh, this guy named Primo. Shout out P-R-E-M-O from <laughs> Oakland. these rap names? <laughs> the real um, Primo. There was a new group that didn't have a deal yet known as Digital Underground. Um, <laughs> I've heard of them. Which is how I met uh, Shock G and Tupac and that whole crew. Um... This was impactful. There's another group called K K Cloud and the Crew from Oakland um, that was in the sidebar, um, and some other folks. My memory is not good enough to remember. The whole thing is when that piece came out, it was a big deal for me. It was a big deal around the Bay Area. Uh, that piece got me uh, so much freelance work. I remember my editor at the time said, um, "You better watch out. People are gonna think you're an expert on this whole rap thing." And um, so then I got a call from like, um, there was a magazine I think at the time called New West, um, which was like the, the magazine of the state of California. Did a piece on rap for that. Did a piece, started writing about uh, DJ Quick and all that for LA Weekly. All that got me noticed by Rolling Stone, New York Times and Spin. 
and eventually by Billboard, and that's how I ended up getting a job to be R and B editor at Billboard. So in terms of that piece that had <laughs> so clearly, the biggest impact <laughs> on my career, it's MCN, and also it's how I met. Like I said, I would never have known Tupac if I hadn't uh, uh, interviewed uh, Digital uh, for that piece. Oh, and I also interviewed Paris mm -hmm. uh, for that piece, Oscar Grant Jr. as his government name. So it was a. Uh, um, so it, it just immersed you in that scene, basically. Completely, That's the difference. Completely. Yeah. But it got me noticed more to see. Because before no, that, so. I was like reviewing shows. Like I would review Del the Funky Homo Sapien at Berkeley Square. I would review Natalie Cole when she came to the Paramount. I would, you know, I would I would do, you it know, certain you authority. little things. It put you in position as the authority. But, but at the time, it was like having a cover story in the Village Voice, mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. So that back was then, back then. Yeah, so it was, <laughs> so So shout out to MC Ant. Cause, uh, not Aunt Banks. That's not Aunt Banks. Yo, his cassette is four forty nine eBay. He That's insane. Uh, MCN was. A, was no, a, I just think it's rare. So yeah. He's an I mean, incredible. He's forgot, sadly, a probably forgotten figure, but a pioneer. Yeah, he was a real good. I mean, he was the one. that's so funny because he was the chosen one for that cover, but he clearly was not the chosen one for history. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He wasn't the one that quote unquote made it. K Cloud and the crew also was incredible. It was like, he, it was. K Cloud was an incredible like K Cloud, the crew. <laughs> K Cloud, K Dash Cloud, and the crew, and um, his crew was dancing kind of not all the way not like Hammer MC style. Hammer's dances, but out of you that same. You know, I don't know who came first, the chicken or the egg, with that honestly, because Hammer was dancing at nightclubs and stuff. Uh, somebody asked about for us to talk about Hammer's antics this year, also. But you I don't. The crew and MC Valentine. MC Valentine wasn't a part of it when I did it, but I'm. Okay, but so but K Cloud and the crew was was my people. So the K Cloud and the crew is coming up on Google. I hear you. Are you serious? Disguise, but with uh with only with uh MC, MC Valentine. Yeah, I'm, I don't really remember MC Valentine that much. But um yeah, that was a that was a huge turning point. I worked so. Hard on those stories. Yeah, a song called "Have You Seen Her." No, wait, wait, no. no oh, you ask yeah. me to remember songs is asking too much. I can remember MC Ant stuff. Yeah, with MC Valentine, they had a song called "Have You." They did "Have You Seen Her" too, I guess. Yeah, Most well, the M K. Cal and the crew was was. With the, I mean, come on, stand up, Oakland. If you're listening, and if, <laughs> <laughs> look, and if you're old, <laughs> shout out to your uncle K. Cloud. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because. So yeah, that's the story. There's no question in my mind. But anyway, so what's yours? Your story is, <laughs> your story is definitely going to sound kind of heard after mine, but... Yes, it's going to be heard. Um, most of my things is through editing, but I guess what I would think of is something I had I wrote myself. For the eighth time, yes. <laughs> I'd go with, um, with um, during XXL, during, doing the Murder, Inc. story. Like, because uh, people forget, like, everyone remembers the... Uh, M. Dre 50 Cent cover and how big that was and how it changed the game and how crazy that was. But, you know, two months later, uh, the feds go after Murder, Inc. They have all this drama. It's like it's this huge story. And it's like, are we going to cover it? Are we in bed with these guys? Are we not going to fuck with it? So I go all the way and I decide I want to put John Irv on the cover and I'm going to do it like Public Enemy with the the the, the signal, E-Love, you know, with that, that artwork that they mm -hmm. have. And, you know. Everyone's mad at me. Ennis Coast's mad at me. Rosenberg's mad at me. Lighty's mad at me. Everyone's mad at me. Did you travel for the story? Uh, yeah, I went to California. And I took a red eye. And uh, and I and I, I saw DMX in the plane. Oh, this is funny. I remember I was with Cara Donato. We went in one day. Cara Donato, who's currently Puff's publicist. Puff's publicist. We went in that. It was in and out one day. We flew into LA that day. And we took the flight that night and flew back to New York. I I've remember, never done that. 
and I was exhausted. Let me tell you I've how. Never done that. No, but here's the funny story behind it. I was so tired that the irony is that that time too, DMX and Murdering Cat Beef. So by the time we got on the flight back, I interviewed Irv. I think I interviewed Irv. I don't know if I did Ja that day. I interviewed Irv. Me and Kara get back on the plane. DMX is on our flight. So DMX sees Kara and remember stuff from Def Jam, blah, blah. So he's like, I want to play some stuff. He has an old school boombox. And he's running back to grab his boombox and to play her on some music. On the plane? On the plane. Say he had headphones. On the plane. Say he had headphones. Nah, he didn't. And he then, played the music no, loud was, on the plane? No, I fell asleep while he was playing but it for I'm Kara. Saying, but he played I it on the plane out. so other people could yeah, hear other it? People obviously heard it yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. ridiculous. I passed out, though. That's ridiculous. And Kara all these clowns, but I was so exhausted from being with Irv all day. No, but that was just a big statement that, like, as much as people try to say that, you know, obviously... We built this alliance with Interscope in the sense that the source was against them. It brought us together. That I had to call it fair and square, and I had to cover both sides of the argument. I mean, murdering fell off after that, so I never had to cover that side. But I think that was significant in that they had to understand that even though we just had made a good, big move together in business, we weren't always going to be aligned with each other. And then, you know, I had did things after that, like putting Chick Nine in the cover to piss them off. But I do, I do credit the Murder Inc. thing at that time. To me, almost as important as doing M. Dre and 50, even though, you know, obviously that's the bigger cover that everyone remembers, you know. That doesn't get remembered as much, but, you know. And then at the end of the day, I still was able to repair the relationship with Interscope and, and 50's people after that anyhow. So that's important to me. It's not as, like, career changing as... It's more... Your thing is more like your personal career changing. My thing is more like, I guess, business changing in some sense, in terms of career. But more... My stuff's always kind of more related to... Being an editor in the magazine I'm working with, the situation I am. I'm trying to say I'm not a so good editor. Your story is a little babe. better. No, your story. No, your story really helped you grow to your situation. That's a better. It's a better story because that piece. I don't think. I don't think was symbolic, a race, babe. I don't think it's a race. You just said it was better before you introed me in, babe. I'm naturally. <laughs> but I take it back. That was I'm your saying. intro. Well, I, I appreciate that. So I would say my, my story is older. So it's, it also it just has that like that tinge of. of of history to make it seem probably <laughs> yeah I mean I wasn't I didn't get to interview like prominent rappers in the, I mean I interviewed Devon Stalo was my first interview I guess that's fake California well he's actually really from New York Devon right? Stalo your first interview Coogee Rap was my second one yeah Coogee Rap I had that story where I walked out of political class and did that and we voted Clinton as president and I never went back to college I have that but I guess that's career defining the Coogee Rap one in September election day 1992 but I'll go with the murder rank because I feel like that was part of the whole, you know, XXL's emergence that we're the top brand, so we got to cover all sides of it. And if murder rank's going to be relevant, then we got to cover G-Unit Interscope or cover that too. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it, and it was it was a national story. I mean, the feds were after them with all this controversy. Like, it was the biggest story in the moment. So it had to get covered, even though it was two months after M. Dre and 50. You know? Dan, you there? Sleeping? I'm just bugging out that... It sometimes it feels like I've known you for so long and known everything that you've. You ever didn't know that done. story. And then mm, I didn't really know that story. Oh, so that's even a better story. I mean, did you know that story about me and MCN? Yeah, I know that. I didn't know. You always your thing is you always give more details. I knew the basis of it. Yeah, um, I knew you wrote a big piece to help you know spearhead you as an authority on that. And the irony was you never really your thing is you never really run around trying to be like I'm Miss Music Authority, I'm Authority, blah blah. But obviously that kind of piece, you know, kind of. Put you in that position to be like, okay, Bay Area hip hop, Danielle Smith. Put me in that position, babe. I put myself in that position. Exactly. Well, you know what I mean. That's what I'm saying. 
I don't think a, I don't think a condescending clap is necessary. No, it's not, it wasn't a condescending <laughs> clap. It was a real clap. Was that a condescending clap? I don't know. A con- it's not, this is a condescending clap. I forgot. That's a condescending clap. Real clap is. I I I nigga like. I was just sitting there thinking, what is my first interview? And I think it was Mark Curry. The comedian Mark Curry. Wow. Mr. Cooper was your, he was hanging with Mr. Cooper? He wasn't Mr. Cooper. Yeah, he was still on his way to being uh, Mr. Cooper. He was, I like that show a lot. He was working. <laughs> you, re- you remember it took place in Oakland. I was like, I like that show a lot. He was trying to make it on the Golden State Warriors. Yes. It's really just an Sam loves yes, the narrative. Yes, he took it. He, it took place in Oakland. And Mark used to work at a, a drugstore called Thrifties in Oakland on Grove, which later became Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard in Oakland. And Mark was known for clowning on the loudspeaker. Um, so he was good though. And he was yeah. doing comedy on the side and he would be, he was written up in the Oakland Tribune and stuff like that for being known as that person. He would be blowing people up on the loudspeaker like, Mr. Sam Hahn, they said your check bounce, Mr. Sam Hahn, they said your check <laughs> bounce. You need some, you know, he just was always, you know, and people thought it was funny and this and the other. And I, and I think Mark Curry, it just made me think when you said Divine Styles, I was like, who is yeah, my Divine first Styles interview with Jones? And I do think that it was Mark Curry. I think yours is a little better than mine. No, 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 this is Divine Styles. <laughs> <laughs> I was, Rhyme Syndicate, this was post-spine, right. what's, what's the, this is the, let me look up the whack album, but Spiral Walls, like it was some terrible, like experimental, like two or three years removed from the Rhyme Syndicate album that he put out. It was like terrible. Spiral Walls Containing Autumns of Light was the name of the album. Was it instrumental? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that wasn't instrumental. No, it's been a sound. Nah, I don't I think he got his rap on it. He got his rap on it. Spiral Walls Containing Autumns of Light by Devon Styler. That sounds like the jam. Interviewed him in the summer of ninety two. Yep. That was my first interview. Eighteen years. I guess, right? Danielle, a question. Uh-oh. What were your favorite albums of 2010? <laughs> What's your answer on this? I like all the ones that everyone likes. I like Kanye. I like Drake. I like Rick Ross, even though I thought that I could have been arranged a little better. I enjoyed Reflection Eternal. I enjoyed The Roots. I enjoyed Big Boy, Bun B. Yo, me and B, I have to do the, uh, he hates this time of the year. When we did last year, we did it. We did like rap radars, like top albums. Paul loved it, so Paul's like, "You guys have to do that thing again. You guys have to." Do I love that stuff. Even when Eminem not getting, even if Eminem doesn't get number one or not, he still loves it. So I was like, "Yo, B, we got to do it again." It's like, "Yo, that killed us last year." I was like, "Yo, people want that." So, I mean, I don't have any like secret one that no one's mentioned. I mean, I, I think like, those are the uh, a ringer. Yeah, exactly. That's no, nah, I, I mean, I think Waka Flocka belongs in that group. I enjoyed his record. I think that some people, you know, some are critical type people, but I think people, you know. I mean, is Kanye not number one? I like the album a lot. I don't know if I could not give him number one like everybody else is giving him. But I mean, I don't have a I don't have a name that uh is completely different or foreign. It's just an album that I enjoyed that nobody else did. I mean, I have to go back and look, but you know, it's it's kind of the usual suspect. Danny doesn't listen to rap. You know <laughs> I listen to songs. Like You're a song person. You're like new yeah. generation. Yeah, I don't listen to. So what new? What is there a new song this year that came out that really uh, grabbed you? I don't. 
Music is timeless, Daddy Dad. She just I mean, like, to be honest, I always, I always tell people I'm not an encyclopedia of rap. I'm, I'm really not, and I don't yeah. make any claim to be, and don't know that I would want to be. And since I needed one in my life, I found you and locked you down. So, so then, to, <laughs> did you lock me so down, man? That, I mean, I hope I did. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was I about to say? I don't know when songs came out. When did this song come out with um, <laughs> Wale and J Cole? Beautiful Bliss. Uh -huh. That was uh year before, I think. Okay. When did the song come out? Um, mm -mm. No, not really. Okay, next question. <laughs> do we have more questions? I like B.O.B. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay. I like B.O.B. Um... So that's the new artist that you connected to this year. I like B.O.B. Nothing on you? She says with a smile. Mm -hmm. Okay. Shout out to Bobby Ray. Yes. I, I didn't like know my B. wife B. liked him like that. I don't like all that. I was like, <laughs> Why? If I interviewed nigga and respect him, I don't want to say something <laughs> about that. Why can't I like B.O.B.? I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't know. I like, I like also new stuff by older people. Mm-hmm. You know, I like Eminem's record a lot. Recovery? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Those are good. Right. I'm not doing it for a coaster. <laughs> I'm really thinking. I mean, I'm at the Smithian all day. I'm I'm not really all the time 100%. Are you at the Smithian all day? Man, what are you doing Smithian all day? Let's go out to Smithian. We have a very we have a broad palette from which we we choose at the at the at the Smithian. So I'm not. Let's see what's going on with Obama. Did that go through? Want to check that out? What's going yes, on with Obama? It, yes. It yes. went through. It, the vote went through, and Obama has to sign it into law. So it's done. So Are we by, not happy? By executive When did this happen? When I had my almond cake? I don't understand what's going on. By the spring, they say people will be able to just say. I'm gay? If they feel like it. They don't have to announce it. Right. It's just that they can <laughs> live you know, their life. have an option. It's going to be a big. Oh. No one cares. Everybody, Everybody knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The military got pulled. Yes. 70% of the military is like, I'm sure I served with somebody good. Yes, of course they know. Life goes on. People no biggie, basically. No biggie, boss. Yes, exactly. So anyway, yeah, I'm thrilled about that. But in any case, no, I probably, I think if I went by favorite artist of the year, I would probably say Eminem, J. Cole, Wale. B.O.B. I have to give more respect, but probably to um, Janelle Monet. Um, That's a highly critically acclaimed album right now. Time, I think it's number two at Time Magazine yeah, album. Yeah, I actually go back and forth with her, but I just kind of similar to what about feel about Nicki Minaj. I go back and forth with her, but I I just respect the architect of the situation. Like they're both pretty flawless in the way they're bringing themselves to the culture, and it's and it's um it's amazing to see for somebody that's been watching women in in music for years and years. Um, it's amazing to see the polish on these women. Um, oh, there's a strong the female artist that the Mars is here. Nikki Ann. It really is. It Monet. really is quite beautiful to uh, see. I also really enjoy uh, Melanie Fiona. I like your little sisters out here. I do. I think you carried over. The one. Yeah. You talking about the one where she's standing, almost getting hit by the car and all that in the video? It's called I Want a I think it that was the year before. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, I think one. I think she just her voice is ridiculous. 
think she's underrated just for the pure quality of her voice. Is that what it is? Oh. <laughs> and then on top of that, you know, because it's a, such a requirement so many times for a girl artist, I mean, she's a strikingly beautiful girl. Like she just, and she, there's a genuineness about her that is just so appealing. And I don't, I don't, I don't know her. I don't know if it's real or not. So it's, um, but she's, she's definitely one of my favorites. Oh, also a Grammy nomination. Somebody wanted us to speak about. Do you care? A lot of rap. You, well, Danielle was so funny. It's like she's like she's all serious. She's like, okay, there's all these hip hop nominations. You must book your hotel now to California. You're totally. going out there, book your hotel. I'm like, what are you sending me off? Like she's like, you know, you're gonna want to be at the Grammys and you're gonna not get a hotel. So you just book he your hotel now. Da, 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 da. And she kept day. bugging me. She's like, you can always buy the flight. Yeah, she's like, you always buy the flight. It gets to the point where you can't pay three grand. For a night, because right. can't get nothing. a room. There's no room left. He's gonna be staying in my. He'd be staying in my mother's house, and that would be real super attractive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Drive me here, man. Drive me everywhere. Love it. My parents live Pasadena. I mean, not not even not even Pasadena proper, like Monterey Hills. So I'll be so it's like LA. up in the hills in the canyons. Elliot doesn't drive, and my mother would only be too happy to be Elliot's chauffeur for the day. But she would be like, "I hope Grammy's over by ten thirty. Give her a lot of parking, <laughs> get her a parking pass." <laughs> nah, so yeah, I got so my hotel is booked. I'll be out there, but no, I think it's great. I think that um, I think Eminem's gonna win a lot hip hop wise, and I think Jay's gonna win for the Empire song, and oh, yeah, that's you know, I think that's like gives him that moment to have that like real record of the year, song of the year type moment, and. Yeah, that's Yo, I just remembered the song yeah. we were talking about the last time. It was not the chorus, but in the uh, middle of, boom, what the song we were talking about the other day. Oh, Conquering All Mediums? No, yes. What is it? It's the, it's the Jay-Z song that was his big hit that he Empire. was about to lose, and then he came back. It's a hard knock life. Oh, okay. Okay, play. Hard knock life. <laughs> okay. That's the one. Where are we going with this? Because I was saying that should be your theme. It's a hard knock life for us. No, it's remember I was saying that the only thing that anybody ever remembers about Jay Z's hard knock life is the chorus. No one actually remembers the verses, and the verses really are better than average. No, I was talking about too. At this point, with Jay, it's like it was almost like it could not work. Like there was a point where Jay's been so successful, you realize that it could have went another way. Like it couldn't have been like. So this song is like I'm aggravated because like you motherfuckers don't appreciate. My shit. So that's the sentiment of it. Like people that get lost in it. Yeah. I still don't know the line you talking about though. Controlling the house, we live in hard knocks. We don't take over, we bomb blocks. 
Burn it down and you can have it back, daddy. I'd rather that. I flow for chicks, swish it. They ain't have to strip to pay tuition. I see your vision, mama. I put my money on the long shots. All my balls that's born to clock. No one will be on top whether I perform or not. I went from lukewarm to hot. Sleeping off the tones and cots to king size. Green machines to green pops. Sing pies, let the pain between my eyes and the eyes like elves. Then I put it down tight, real. I'm tight, real with the phony rappers. Y'all might feel we homies. I'm like, still, y'all don't know me. Shit. I'm tight, real. When my situation ain't improving, I'm trying to murder everything moving. That's what I said. Oh. My situation ain't improving. I'm trying to murder Murder everything. everything You said that. (laughs) Yes, that was it. That's how you feel. My situation ain't improving. I'm trying to murder everything moving. So that's how I am. My situation ain't improving. I'm trying to murder everything moving. I don't know. Why do I like that? That's what I said improving? should be your theme, but usually anything that I feel about me, I try to put on you. So maybe I do feel that way about me. <laughs> it's the honesty hour. It's the Daniel podcast. Do you want to right now, babe? Do you want to have honesty hour? Because we must be running out of time. I really we're don't. We're at 53. Is there any more questions? Did honesty? we get all of her yeah, questions? I think, I think we did. You sure? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Are you being selective? No. All right. So what else do you want to talk about before we go? I want to have honesty hour. <laughs> I don't want honesty hour. You want to play a Christmas song. Play a Christmas song. I can't find any on here. I don't know season. what folder you put it on. Which one do you want? No, they're all mixed in. Okay. I want... Um, have we played Christmas music before, Sam? I don't know. I don't think so. She What's loves... To tell, for, I'll queue up a song. I'll go to some of your Christmas songs. Explain to people why you forced me to ask you to listen to Christmas music during the holiday season. Because it's Christmas time. No, but you do like Christmas music. I love Christmas it. music. There comes a time in the year where you have to update your stuff and put your Christmas music on your 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 device of choice. It's the most thugged out version of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer <laughs> ever recorded. Temptations version of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Merry Christmas to everybody. <laughs> it's a holiday special. It is. Just, just play it. Just play it. Just play it until he goes to my favorite part. Sleigh bells. You gotta have sleigh bells. Had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, and you know you should be singing along as well. Break it down, break like, it down. Like, hey, Rudolph. All of the, the, all the other reindeers used to laugh and call him names. They never let off Rudolph. Here he comes. Like he's on the street. Hey, Rudolph. <laughs> okay, babe. Now play, um. Woo! Like black people's Christmas 101. This is right a now. classic African-American Christmas song. Number one for all time, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, we don't have to hear the whole thing because after this, I want to hear. Come on, seriously. Is this not the jam of all time? 
Okay, babe, you gotta keep it moving now. Is this Jose uh, Feliciano? Oh yeah, you know this is my jam, come on. If you're from California, put your hand in there. <laughs> what did you do? Yo, we, we learned this in school, yo, definitely. We learned this in school. <laughs> I remember learning that in school. We did too. We learned it in so school. Serious <laughs> with that shit. Like you had to get it down. You had to get it down. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, this is what I grew up with. All these songs that, that he's playing, I grew up with. Well, my mother was a big, big Elvis fan. But I need to hear Bobby Caldwell, Vanessa. Oh, come on. Yes. Okay. I need to hear Vanessa Williams and Bobby Caldwell. There's a lot of great versions of this song, but this really... <laughs> intro, intro, baby, R&B. Elsie, you always are a mocker. I don't like it. I explain what this is? No, I won't. Please do, we're running out of time. <laughs> no, I will not explain it. It's a version of Baby is Cold Outside. <laughs> Bye. Vanessa Williams and Bobby Caldwell, right? I think that people, yes, Vanessa Williams, and I think that people always forget that Vanessa Williams can actually sing very beautifully. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. She's just not doing it right now, but she can do it. But I put you up oh. on the jazz version, remember? Yep, go ahead. They like soul sample, this is her favorite group. You always be acting like I hate De La Soul. I don't hate De La Soul. Montgomery, yeah. That's how Sam gets down at the crib with get some eggnog. No? <laughs> yeah, why do people hate people hate Christmas music? Why? I think it's Sam has done that. So much. Elsewhere where? I think if you go to the stores playing, you go every business they're playing Christmas music. That's what I'm saying. You keep such a the reason I tease you then is because you keep such a hundred percent positive attitude about Christmas music. Most people either can't stand it because it gets in the nerves or people have a love-hate with it. Right. You're so 100% positive with Christmas holiday music. That's why I tease you. I've never given it a thought in my life. It's just I love Christmas music. I honestly have never given it an inch of critical thought in my life. Oh, you know. Is there a reason Separate. why I like Christmas music so much? Not really. I don't, I'm not even like a huge, huge Christmas person. person. Right. Not so much. Yeah, we don't have a tree up. We don't yeah, have we're not really. That's cold. We had a Christmas tree our first Christmas together. We're going downhill in terms of the. You say that every year. We do nothing. It's really hurt. She does the same speech. She goes, "We're really trifling because we don't do it, and then we never give it another thought. We never do it." But you have on a Christmas hat right now, so that's the really Santa hat off. I'm wearing one of the rubber. You know why we too. don't get a Christmas? The, the Christmas thing is because we always go to my mom's house, and my mom is the queen of all Christmas decorators of the whole house inside and out. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, they're ridiculous. Lights, lights outside. First of all, they have lights outside year-round at my mother's house. 
Yeah, they're like my family. They don't take the tree down to like January. February. My mother doesn't take the tree down to like Valentine's Day. She has a tree up now. She's been had it up probably since the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay, and there's presents, and we're blessed. There's presents galore, whether we have babies in the family, grown folks in the family. My family doesn't believe in expensive presents, believes in a high quantity of Ross. presents. They go to Ross. So if you get six pairs of socks for Christmas, each one's going to be in its own box. You see what I'm saying? My, sweats and every pan, time my sweatpants <laughs> game is about to increase. Every time you open up, you're like, oh my God, socks, and these are blue. It's like you get, you know what I mean? That's how we do Christmas um, at our house. I'm just into it. And my mother just, um, I guess after I got to a certain age, once my mom became a single mom, because we were always in some situation, um, what a mom's boyfriend or whatever, but in that period, Right before she married my stepfather, and my mom was really trying to be her own person. You know what I mean? And she succeeded, but <laughs> no <laughs> <she> shots, was... <laughs> mom. No shots, mom. I see you. Her, her name is Janelle too. Um, <laughs> she was really into setting up her own traditions. You know what I mean? So Christmas music was a large part of it. And then when she married my stepfather, who she's still married to. Um, you know, Reggie just basically does whatever my mother wants. He's just like happy wife, happy life, you know. <laughs> my model. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's just my mother loves music too. I mean, she's very into I mean, we got her the both speakers and she lives for those, right? She's killing them. She kills them. Inside and out. She's moving around, they're wireless. She feels she's magical with the bow speakers. <laughs> she feels she has her freedom with the bow speakers. She can go where she wants to go. And she's very into like iTunes and her iPod and all that. Oh, wow. So she, um, yeah. So Staying updated. She's way more. I'm not really into iTunes. Ick. I just don't like you the whole. Ellie can put everything yeah, on Yeah, Ellie can just put whatever he wants on my iPod. And I just, I mean, I kind of boss it up about four times a year, right? We have a sit down. We go through music. And Maybe we should do one tonight because you need a little more oomph in your You think situation. so? Yeah. It's kind of hard. I only have like 600 songs in there right now, you said, right? Yeah. Yeah, I need I need at least fifteen. Fifteen hundred? I mean, yeah. Especially if we're about to travel. So we're not gonna sleep. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, no, I just like Christmas music. And what's funny is, I guess I've always heard about people not liking Christmas music. You ignore but that's those like, people. <laughs> that's like saying I know there's people in the world that don't really like French fries, but who are they? Like I don't sickos. Okay, play me one more thing on the way out, babe. Before we get to our outro. One more Christmas song. Oh, and then, okay, so, the, okay, so, do you want me to tell you what my what my Christmas wish is for you? <laughs> new, new Christmas tradition. Yeah. Oh, me and Elliot have traditions at the New Year. Do we? Don't we? What is that tradition that we have? It's one of these scary stuff like this. Church stuff. That's what it's saying about. That's not really my jam. Oh, play Whitney. That's not the jam. Oh, yeah, you love this song. Yeah. Watch it, watch it with this. Seriously. Oh. <laughs> no drugs. You're so fake. You're so fake with that wool. 
go, here we go, here we go. Oh wait, this will be the really the last one. Blind Boys of Alabama. I'm sure everybody's loving me right now. Is this Go Tell It on the Mountain? No, this is uh, I'm praying on Christmas. No, no, no. Woo! That is my jam. Where we going to church? I mean, it's the Blind Boys of Alabama, yes. But play, go tell it on the mountain real quick, and then we're going out. Turn it down. I don't have go tell it on the mountain. Okay. There's something about you right now. You know what? You're not focused because you don't like this music. I don't have it on my thing. What do you want me to do? You know you're supposed to have go tell it on the mountain on there. That's my favorite Christmas song by the Blind Boys of Alabama. Are you serious? Is that one? Wait, yes. that might be it. Sam, do you see how he does me? It, it's really sad. I, I, I have a semantic question. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Christmas song, Christmas song. Christmas song. Christmas song. Christmas song. Yeah, because this isn't really a Christmas song, but um, no, I think it's just about tradition and custom. Like some songs, even though they don't talk about Christmas or the holiday, that they're specifically about Jesus' birth. All churchy, um, like Kirk Franklin. You go into that mode. Things. You want that. I think, I think that that's a lot of it. It's just... I think that's a lot of it, and it's also just custom. Sometimes right. over the years, I think for different cultures, just right. come around at a certain time right. of the year, you know. But I love this. Who wants your man's voice here? Let's go. Let's go, Druid. This is just all about the birth of Jesus, you know. Right. Yeah. I put this on your playlist. Play, my bad. Okay, so clearly, <laughs> I gotta hear a little clearly, play every once in a while. You're not in the spirit, is what you're saying. I have a Santa hat on. How am I not in the spirit? You're in a hurt spirit. I'm in the spirit. I can't get with you with the blind boys, though. I'm with you, though. Most of the time. The blind boys, I can't I can't rock with that. Too tough. But I'm with you most of the time. I'm with you. Let's close out by saying, do we have any Christmas traditions at all, Ben? Traditions? Mm hmm. Um, we're gonna go see your family, or we we just see my family or your family. We used to have Christmas in February. That made us very weird and unique, and now we don't do that no more. Yeah, we just have Christmas like everybody else has. It's kind of hurt, really. Christmas in February was the bomb. You like that? It made yeah. us feel special. It did. But this podcast is a festivus miracle. A festivus miracle. miracle, says Sam Hahn. You know I don't like um, Seinfeld cultural. <laughs> <laughs> but she knew it was a Seinfeld reference. I was like, some festivus. She was like. That's already good enough for me, Sam, and I, if I can speak for Jimmy, because I know he's out there, just you knowing what it is is good enough for us. Is it, babe? The festivals. Why are you, why are you leaving a sour note with the podcast? What's going on? Maybe because I'm sad it's over. All right. We got to do, the question now is everyone thinks that we're back. I don't know what we're back means, but everyone's hitting us on Twitter saying we're back. Everyone is a strong word, though. 
I mean, about five people about that really love us. At least us, five or six, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. People, people do I not know, the podcast but... stop. Everyone be telling you, you know, I really like that podcast. Like, it's like oh. a secret. Like, okay. So what's the question, babe? With 2011, babe, our plans in the future. Where, where does these podcasts, if uh, it all 2011 is, um, as, I, as I always <laughs> say, the, What's the, the future of public the, enemy, babe? Is what the people want to know. You know how that record is. You know enemy? how that record is. <laughs> Talk to me about the future of the Danielian podcast. Babe. Yo, Chuck. The, yo, the future of public enemy. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. Um, no, what was I about to say? Um, the coins in the air are so many things for 2011. Don't you think so? Is that what's going on? As we, as we, as we go, as we go. I got a couple coins. Yeah, so I, I can't really. This whole housewife thing might be changing, man. This whole housewife thing. Maybe. I hesitate to say, but um, but yeah, this coins in the air. So you know, we have to. I think we just have to wait and see. My thing about the podcast is, I actually really love it. I don't know why we got, or I should speak for myself. I don't know why I got frustrated with it. I think it was probably you that irritated me. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, if that's the case, then you clearly know why. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Um, but I really don't know why we talk. I think we both got irritated. You know, the thing with me and you, with you and I both, I think that we're both a little bit unpatient, impatient. Mm-hmm. And I think we both... You ready like, for a syndication deal? Or yeah, that? something like that. You know what I mean? So I think... Um, and not Radio the, 1 didn't call the house phone. We're ready. Yeah. So I think... But I think it's, it is more... It's, it's just a lot of joy in it for me. And to be honest, as hard as we both work, sometimes I felt like on the podcast, that's the longest conversation I would have with him oh, uh, during the week. Yeah, but I also at least would catch up. And every once in a while, I would find out, um, find out something new about you, frankly, which after five and a half... Yeah, it's five and a half years of marriage. Five and a half. Five point five, baby boy. Uh, <laughs> I want you to stop saying that. Why do you always say that? And they knew it would last. What you were saying? <laughs> he always says that. It was cute the first two years. It's really not cute I anymore. Need a new phrase. You need a new phrase. Right. So anyway, I was just saying, after five and a half years of marriage, it's comforting to know, frankly, that you could still learn something. Knew about your man, Probably frankly. About you every day. Every that's day. not nice. That's true. I said not nice. That's kind of a, I don't, that's not necessarily a bad thing. What'd you say? You learn something new about me every day? Not every day, but I learn something new. You're endlessly fascinating. Oh, look how Merry Christmas you're being right now. That's because I have a Santa hat on. I think before we get real nasty, gross. I feel like I feel like we're on. I think like we're. Why give us like wrap up signs? I feel like we're on the phone and we're eighteen. No, you get off the phone. No, you get off. No, you say bye. No, you say That's bye. So now we're drunk with the power of doing the podcast again. We don't want to stop. No, you say bye, Ella. No, you I'm say bye. I'm not doing free part. No, you say bye. You hang up first. No, you hang up first. Okay, wait. Did you hang up? Did you hang up? We never had that in our relationship. No, we always talk about that. Yeah, we never had that. Why did we like each other again? (laughs) (laughs) What happened? What happened? Timing, babe. Timing. We never talked. We never talked on the phone in our relationship. We've never been on a good on the phone. Never right now. Never right now. From dating to now, we have never been good on the phone. Short calls. That's what I'm saying. People stay on the phone with their loved one for. Sam, how long do you? What's the longest you ever stay on the phone with your girl? You're not really a phone person sure, either? Right? She was away for a few months in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Ghana. You know, 
electricity might be out. The gun might be buggy. But no, I don't need the phone now. You don't? No. Even what about I when you were in high school? Now. What about when you were in high school? Yeah. It is, right? We were the last generation. Yeah. That. Now the kids don't even know. I remember is. that, like really. It's over. It's a text. <laughs> it's over. I used girl. to be on the phone till like four, five, six o'clock in the morning. No, that was a sign of the progression of the relationship between the man and woman. Is if you if you had the long phone call, if you could talk to somebody, watch the sun come up, watch the, all that stuff. That was a big progressive step. Oh yeah, exactly. Talking to Howard. So are you and Sam going out? No, we're just talking. <laughs> what is that? What does that mean? It's that little middle period before you really decide. So then, if we weren't having phone calls till five or six o'clock in the morning, how did we know we were dating? We we traveled a lot. That was our thing. We went away. We stuck away and kept going to different places. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Dang, that was fun. <laughs> What happened to all, right, all that? <laughs> what happened to all that? Huh? What happened to all that? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What happened to it? It changed. Don't you remember when we went to Sarasota for spring training and how jamming that was? When me and Shine got into argument on the phone. I didn't so care I was about that. That was so fun. <laughs> Don't you remember that? That was fun, baby. Don't you remember when we went to the Bahamas and we got in the water with the dolphins? You got pictures of that. You definitely would have yes. everybody that. Yes. Wasn't that fun? Definitely fun, though. Hint to I the double hint. Look, hint. There's nothing more fun, Will says. There's nothing more fun for the kids out there than falling in love. There's nothing more fun. And then you have to, like, with the relationship, you have to put the effort in to keep that same energy. Oh, I'm not putting any effort in. What is that? That's the code word of the podcast is my situation is magical. Is it magical? No, I'm putting in effort. Of course I'm putting in effort. Yeah. But no, nothing is good as that first, like, you know, it's like that first high. Like. But, you know, some people, I can't remember who I was talking to recently, and I said, oh, but you, so you're in a relationship, so you know the work that you have to put in. And the person really said, I, I, it's not work for me in my relationship. I wanted to say, who are you married to, Jesus? What year are they in? My fees are the honeymoon Yeah, yeah. Is it the honeymoon period? There's always, it's, there's always some effort involved to, especially once you live together, come on. Or else you don't think that person is deep. Like, well, they got one. Maybe you could have a long, sustained, yet superficial relationship. <laughs> <laughs> say long, sustained, yet superficial relationship. I mean, when I say work, I don't mean it's like, it, it's, there's different levels of work. Some work is on your hands and knees scrubbing the floor with ammonia. Right. And some work is you just kind of have to dust the furniture to keep things nice, right? Mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. not, it's not everything is like, it's up and down. Yeah, that seems like a little, evo- yeah, it's like a little rose-colored. But I yeah. think they were more arguing with my vocabulary than with the spirit of what I was saying. Right. That they don't so like, like, they don't like, like yeah, they don't like the word work applied to a love relationship. I don't think that that's bad either. We've always said it's not, you know. Okay, give me out. one example of work that you do towards our relationship. Huh? Give me one example. This is the honesty hour. Let's go. What work? What 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 type of work do you, you put into the relationship? Away, no. <laughs> uh-uh. Whatever. As, as long man, as whatever as long as I'm like not to do, as I'm saying, do. as long as I'm not going to work every day nine to nine, I don't feel he should have to to put the clean clothes away. I will put the clean clothes away because Lord knows when I'm not gonna get into an Elliot wasn't working for nine to nine. But you you split things up. Right. Everybody has different responsibilities depending on the situation. Yeah, sometimes you get cranky of just having to do some responsibilities you don't feel like doing, but you have to do it because that's part of the responsibility. No, but I'm not talking about that's housework. Good. I'm talking about just the work that you have to to do on the relationship. Oh, 
once in a while you get on that person's nerves and it goes both ways. If you just ain't feeling the person, they get on your nerves. So like, then what's But the, it's temporary. It doesn't last. But like, what's the know. work though? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like what work am I doing? What, what what is the definition of work in a relationship? Like emotional work, you know, because usually it's much easier to deal with your own turmoil or yeah, another day, person that you else, love. Yeah. Uh huh. Sometimes it's double. Yeah, it's dealing with another, it's caring for another what's person. The, what's an example of emotional work? Like if you had a crappy day, and then mm-hmm. you have to hear about somebody else's crappy day, and then uh, you're like, no, it's all right. But you're like, not really. You got to be strong for the other person. Like you, And also as a guy, you're nervous that this person now, you care about this person so much, you're vulnerable, and that person can hurt you. We don't like that. We're men. We don't like to be like we I, 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 I think... Sharing sometimes work. So yeah, people, sharing is work. Yeah, and and being oh, it's work for me. But I really didn't. I did, I really I really That's just wanted work. to get the a good definition and example. And being committed to the because we always say the marriage is bigger than both of us, even though we're both in it. Like right. you're know yeah. saying, like it's yeah, own yeah, thing. I think it's you know who cleans the bathroom. Yeah, it's not yeah. All emotional work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's the emotional. It's the emotional. It's the connection. It's the emo- and coupled with the respect and and having to be there for each other. And that's the thing, it's the balancing. It's like if you're down, the other person should try to be up. You know, you're both going to be depressed and hurt, or you're both going to be, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody's got to be there for the other person both ways. So, one step at a time. Babe. One day at a time. They worried to Bonnie Franklin, babe. You know what I'm saying? One day at a time. With an eye on the future. Do you wish me a Merry Christmas? I wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. <laughs> Police Navidad. Oh, at least not be that. I wish you a Merry Christmas. I wish you one too, baby. All right, baby. And to everybody out there in podcast land, podcast land, and a super shout out to Sam Han, our fabulous producer, baby. Sam Han in the house. We back. We we didn't even answer the question. Are we really back? I don't know. What's the future of Public Enemy? The future of Public Enemy is peace.